2: He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: Anybody put an April Fool's joke on you today? I like the one that the Canadian Forces put on Twitter, and uh, I mentioned it on uh, at the Roy Green show a little earlier. We're happy. Here's what they posted: We're happy to announce our newest technology that renders vehicles, equipment, and even CAF members completely invisible to the naked eye. We give you the fully operative obstructive light refraction system. And then in brackets, the acronym, F-O-O-L-S. So I tweeted, clever, <laughs> April 1st, and acronym is FOOLS. Thanks for what you do. And indeed, thanks for what you do, everybody in the CAF. It is April Fool's Day. It's also Easter Sunday, and that is more important than April Fool's Day. Happy Easter Sunday, everybody. We are... Um, Today, going to be talking with a number of people who have a great deal to say, have their own stories to share with us. One of them is Dan McTague, a former Liberal member of Parliament. Well, I was talking to Dan yesterday before we uh, went on air with the story about gasoline prices. Uh, he was telling me about some of the things that had happened with uh, his interactions with Mr. Trudeau. And I said, oh, no, 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 no! don't just tell me. Let's do this on the air. And so he'll join us next hour, former liberal MP, 18 years he was a liberal MP. He took on Jean Chrétien when Chrétien was the prime minister, came on my radio program and took on Chrétien, paid a price for it. I've always known Dan to just call it the way he sees it. And that's what he's going to do. Michelle Simpson's going to join us as well, former liberal MP. She thinks a lot of Dan McTague. Uh, Carrie, the chronic pain patient who had a lot of people in tears last Sunday. She concludes her story, and for some, well, it's of great value. The Human Rights Watch in the United States is investigating the issue of chronic pain patients being denied their opioid pain medications and left in huge distress. We'll be talking to the uh, health director of Human Rights Watch before the end of the show. I uh, was first in communication with my guest this hour in 2016. And uh, I had been speaking with a Calgary police officer who came on the air with us and shared with us her story of having been bullied while she was on the force and the bullying that was going on uh, within the Calgary police service. Sometime after I aired the interview, it became a major story, and uh, I became aware of Mr. Don Goss at that time, and he and I exchanged some emails, and uh, I asked him if he wanted to go on the air with with what he'd experienced in Edmonton with the Edmonton Police Service, but he wasn't quite ready at the time. So about two weeks ago, I received an email from uh, Don, and uh, we talked, and he joins us today on the program. It's an exclusive story. You're hearing it for the first time here. It's the personal story of the multi-year emotionally crushing bullying that the Edmonton Police Service um, inflicted on, on my guest. Now, many were aware of the bullying and the harassment, and nobody stepped up to stand with Don Goss, and that includes senior leadership of the Edmonton Police Service, they're aware of this broadcast. I think some people may have helped out along the way a little bit, but not nearly enough to uh, to make a major difference. Don is an electronic surveillance technician. He was with the electronic surveillance detail. They uh, did sur- surreptitious installation of video, audio, and other specialized equipment to assist the Edmonton Police Service in a various uh, number of investigations. And uh, Don is with us along with his lawyer, Robert uh also from Edmonton. Don, Bob, thank you for, uh, for having the confidence to tell your story here.
2: Hey, Roy, thanks for having us on your show. Uh, appreciate this opportunity. Happy Easter to everyone. And uh, I, I just need to uh, make a quick comment on what you said before we came on air. <clears throat> we have a solution here in Alberta for high gas prices, if anyone's interested, but it involves pipelines. <laughs> I, thought I, <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> now why didn't I think of that? <laughs> That's a good one. by some of our oil folks. But
1: anyways, I think
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Bob good to talk to you as well.
1: Yes, thank you. It's good to
0: be on. Thank you. Don, let's begin where uh, now I talked about the responsibilities you had, but maybe you can flesh it, flesh it out a little bit more for us about where you worked within the Edmonton Police Service, what your duties were, what you were expected to do on a daily basis?
2: Well, I I need to start out by saying um, I I have an uh, abundance of respect for the vast majority of people who work at the Edmonton Police Service, and for that matter, all the police services across the country. Um, They are uh, dedicated professionals, and day in and day out, I witnessed uh, uh, unbelievable Beats that these guys would pull off, or we all did together, and uh, I couldn't have been more proud in my time working there. It was, it was, uh, I was very proud of my time there. It, it, it was just something to behold, right? And you had to pinch yourself, or I certainly did at times, thinking, "Holy miracle! Do you know what we just did there?" Um, I, I also need to uh, um, exercise an abundance of caution because a lot of the work we did is. It, I'm sure most people can appreciate is was sensitive in nature, and I certainly can't. Uh, there's things I can and can't talk about, and uh, I, it, it disappoints me in a lot of ways that it's come to this, Roy. That I, because I've done everything um, possible through the channels available to me when I was still employed there, to try and get this to a, a reasonable resolution. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that being said, uh, my responsibilities included. Uh, The electronic support for um, files that were brought to us from various different sections in in electronic surveillance. So, that
0: was very important work. Extremely important work. For sure. So let's start at the end and then work back to the beginning, in in as as it were. When you left the Edmonton Police Service, what condition were you in emotionally?
2: Well, physically and emotionally, I was a broken guy. I. um, it was, uh, I don't know, there's a, there's, it's a difficult to describe because, uh, you know, my background, and, and just if I could frame a little bit of my background so people can understand kind of where I'm coming from on this. I spent uh, over 25 years in the telecom business. Uh, I spent just under a year with the RCMP and Protective Technical Services <clears throat> before I started with EPS in 06, and you know, I'm a big guy, I'm an athletic guy. Um, played lots of rugby, hockey, survived three brothers growing up. Um, That was probably the most difficult part. But in any case, um, you know, I I think uh, my background, um, my tenure in other jobs, what I excelled at all, you know, everywhere I worked. You know, I was, by all accounts, well-suited, you know, to do the job I was doing. But, um, you know, by the time I left, I was physically... uh, broken. I was mentally broken, uh, and it paid a huge price for this. I suffered a cancer diagnosis. I lost my dad through all of this, uh, and my my immediate family paid a a huge price, too, watching me go through all this. Yeah,
0: sure. Don, let me just stop there. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about how it all began and how it evolved, and what was done and what wasn't done, and uh, how you were left to your uh, own survival. We'll do that with uh, with Don uh, Goss and with his lawyer, Robert Aladdin We'll come back. On The Roy Green Show, it's the Chorus Radio Network.
2: He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is The Roy Green Show.
0: And emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. All organizations, all business organizations, have anti bullying and anti harassment policies, all of them. And uh, they're supposed to be followed and they're supposed to be paid attention to. And if you're being bullied, that is supposed to be dealt with. Don Goss is my guest, electronic surveillance uh, specialist, formerly with the Edmonton Police Service, and that's what it's about. Um, the story is, Don, when and how did the bullying begin? How long had you been with the EPS, and how did this all start?
2: Well, um, I need to just quickly frame this up. Uh, back in '02, I was encouraged. Uh, in my telecom days, I did a lot of work for the to Police Service, including their data networking and their 911 system. So the area wasn't unknown to me. You know, I didn't know any of the intricate details, but I was, you know, generally aware of the type of work that was done. I was encouraged to apply in O2. I didn't, I wasn't successful. And then uh, come 2006, um, uh, the opening came again. I applied and I was successful. Now it, what what needs, and is a very important piece of information that uh, that people need to understand, is I am the third um, co-worker of this individual, leave the employment of the edmonton uh, police service under similar circumstances so um all in the same department all in the same department working with the same individual three of us have left now highly specialized do you think of the money and time spent um, you know to to, for our specialized training Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
2: the intricacies of the job um, a lot of taxpayers money get it yeah. signed and up the speed
0: yeah so how did it how did it begin
2: so uh, my second week on the job um my sergeant took me aside and, and by the way i was i'm i know my two predecessors uh, one particularly well so i was aware of the history not all the details but some of the general history of problems going on so um It was enough of a concern for my my sergeant to take me aside within my two first first two weeks of employment and say hey look um this individual's got some history there's some problems um, i'm concerned how this is going to move forward and how you're going to handle this so on and so forth." so we came to an agreement that we'd have open uh, communication and, and talk about it and try and hit it off at the pass if it were in fact going to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. So um, probably within a month, um, some of the snide comments and uh, um, demeaning comments, uh, I was introduced to um, members who I had no idea who they were, and uh, on multiple occasions, in an extremely derogatory, humiliating, and uh, uh, obscene manner.
0: And you, you told me what that was. We're not going to repeat it here. No, you can't. But you we can't. But what you you told me, and I absolutely confirm that what Don told me, I wasn't there for that, but what he told me was it was the kind of verbiage that anybody would be absolutely shocked to be introduced to strangers by or used on them at any time.
2: So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep my uh, eyes and ears open and my mouth shut. It, it's a somewhat intimidating environment to go into a paramilitary organization and you know I'm, i I realize the type of material and support we're giving it's sensitive know. Uh, is this uh, is this the way it goes here is this the way it happens um but you know uh you know inside you know and or I, I certainly have when something doesn't feel right and mm-hmm. it made me sick to my stomach to hear that so I respectfully said you know this needs to stop which brought on more derogatory comments and you know i was weak and suck it up and so on and so forth
0: you're not one of the boys
2: yeah yeah essentially right
0: so this was this i mean this the attitude the fundamental attitude it, it went on day after day after day it was a daily thing right
2: well uh, yeah i would say the majority of days there was always okay. something but it, it evolved into as i got my legs under me and got, got up to speed and um you know, I, I became good at my job. And, and it's not that, this should, you know, it's a team environment. It mm-hmm. has to be. And uh... It, people have strengths and weaknesses. And, and it, this goes and repeats itself in business or teamwork, wherever, right? Wherever you want to look. And uh... so it wasn't about, well, I'm better than you or I know more than you. I mean, he had strengths, I had strengths. But the point of the matter is, collectively, those strengths should move. Move the ball forward, right? And yeah, and help do the, the task at hand.
0: So and, uh, this happened about a month after you started working in this department. This is when it began. Yes. And so, and you were de- very derogatorily introduced to strangers. You were uh, subjected to uh, inappropriate comment and uh, just harassment on a on an almost daily basis. Yes. By uh, one individual who worked with you. Exactly. So, it's hard for you to talk about, isn't it? And I, I can only imagine how difficult it must be.
2: It is. Uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm a big, strong guy. The last thing yeah. I thought, uh, you know, I, I could barely put a sentence together by the time I left uh, yeah. the employee
0: there. What do you say to people who would say, well, you know, if somebody's giving you a hard time at work, let them have it back. Just, it you know, just, I mean, it, it, it wears you down because you don't want to fire people. You don't want to use the same tactics
1: course
2: not.
0: But it, but it wears you down. So if people, if people say to you, why didn't you just deal with him? What do you say to that?
2: Well, he, he was a long tenured employee. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, in, in, in his words, the subject matter expert. Um, and, and he framed that many times to me that he was the North American subject matter expert. Okay. on, on, and, you know, a, a common phrase or claim he had was he, he's taught half the world our trade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm I'm conscious of the fact that, you know, he had uh, a lot more experience in the business than I did, a lot more tenure. And I'm talking to my sergeant saying, you know, this stuff's going on, it's not right. And, oh, yeah, I know, Don, I'll talk to him again. Uh, yeah, I get it. You know, I know you get it. I know you get it. I'll talk to him again. But, you know, what happens is, and my opinion is, as these things go longer and unchecked, it just empowers the individual.
0: Was there obscenity involved on a regular basis? I mean, was he...
2: Yeah, there was a lot of obs- obscenity. Um, it evolved into, um, you know, my body type was criticized, the side of my, size of my head, the manner in which I ate, he said he couldn't stand. Uh, my technical background, I wasn't professional. Um, the work I did, he criticized on a regular basis. He... Take over jobs on a regular basis, contradicted many of my decisions, which were solid decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we go behind. You know, this would be done behind your back. You go to an investigator after I'd made a plan to do X, and he go and, and contact them without any input from myself. And now we're going to make it Y. And uh, and then the, you know, it, it, it's just undermining. Uh,
0: Okay. I, when we come back, I have to take a break here. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk about um, other aspects of this, of this case, and what happened to Don uh, Goss, and, and we'll involve his lawyer in the conversation as well, and uh, we'll see where where it should go, or where the plan is for it to go legally. But uh, when you're working in an environment with with someone who is making your life extremely difficult. What you expect is for management to step in and and deal with the issue, particularly if you report it to actually deal with the issue. But we've heard as well in the past that, with perhaps with some police organizations, because they're paramilitary, there's a different approach, different attitude. We'll come back with uh, Don Goss and Robert Laddin right after this.
1: He has been called many
0: things, but we just call him Roy. This is the Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Follow us there, and you can listen back and download any program, any segment that we air on my webpage, roygreenshow.com, in the podcast. Uh, Don Goss is my guest, formerly an employee, civilian employee, with the Edmonton Police Service. And uh, his lawyer, Robert Ladden, is with us as well. We're talking about the bullying and the harassment that. Uh, The don underwent while um, an electronics surveillance technician with EPS.
2: Uh, Right. Yeah. Can I I just give you a quick? uh, I I just want to make it uh, make it clear that the the bullying and harassment was not just directed at me. I mean, it was predominantly at me because I was the one coworker for I'm going to say seven of the years I worked there before a third party got hired. We work in close contact with a, a group of people who are uh, surveillance monitors uh, in our wire room, uh, many of them female, and uh, the the tormenting and, uh, and harassing and bullying that went on towards those people, some of them uh, directly uh, involved with the bullying and, uh, and harassment, others it was comments or implied, but um, this is, sounds really harsh, but this is a common statement uh, from this coworker that uh, all the women in the back room are fat and uneducated and overpaid, and that if they really wanted to get a job, they should get an education.
0: All right, same guy. Same guy. So what happens? I mean, this has to be reported again. Tell us, please, what was done in order to take care of this, to address this? Was there any suspension? Was there any docking of pay? Was there any threat of of, uh, of of losing a job? What was done? What was what what took place to ease the situation for you and for the women you just told us about?
2: Well, it'd gone on for so long by the time I got there. A lot of people were just resigned to the fact that uh, you know this guy wasn't going to get moved. Um, I was contacted by three of the previous sergeants that were in there that uh, expressed to me that they tried to do something about it and were continually uh, denied the ability to do anything, just leave it alone. Um, So there was lots done. Um, By 2013, I was ready to uh, quit in in severe distress. And an acquaintance of mine who I've known... uh, a while before my time with the police service uh, a, a superintendent i met with him and i said to him what's you know this is what's going on i can't deal with this anymore i got to get out of here and uh he said you know uh, based on the information i provided he was obliged to uh, write a letter of complaint to the chief um and it which detailed you know many of the actions i described uh that in turn prompted a harassment investigation against the the co-worker, and a uh, professional standards investigation against the boss. So um, that started, uh, I'm going to say, in 2014, uh, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Did that just make things worse?
2: Yes, it did, because the police service decided to leave the boss, who now uh, was under investigation uh, for information I brought forward, they left him as my boss. He wasn't removed. So that... Uh, action alone, um, pretty much spelled in my mind that you know, this probably wasn't going to end well. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, our robust uh, ad campaign on our internet and and uh, on our uh, you know in the hallway signs up bullying harassment is not tolerated. We had to take an online course about it, uh, and yet you know here I am living it and uh, every day. Every day
0: every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, yep did it affect your did it affect
1: your work
2: um, you know I, I I suppose it had to in a lot of ways I mean you've you got to be pretty sharp and uh, what's about you you've got to make some pretty quick decisions mm-hmm. put myself in harm's way on many many, many occasions, which i'm I'm proud to say that, but um if you've got a partner who you can't trust 110%, um, that's a very dangerous situation. You know what's anybody. really
0: I'm sorry, you know what's really uh, disturbing is that bullies just get away with it. They just s- systemically get away with it. We were talking about bullies uh, kid bullies yesterday. And now here we're talking about workplace bullying and they seem to get away with it.
2: So I, I had a uh, they started an investigation and a private investigator was hired by the HR department of the Edmonton Police Service, who was a, a known to the inspector at the time, a female inspector. Uh, I went for an interview, uh, spent four hours in an interview, three and a half hours. I'm going to say, at you know, at that mark, he said, "Oh, I got enough information." I'm going, "Well, hey, I've got, I'm like halfway through my story." <laughs> he said, "No, I got enough here." So uh, the EPS decided out of that information they were going to bring. 15 allegations forward. Um, this took between January and uh, I'm going to say August, sorry, probably June, July of 14 before they wrapped up the investigation. The investigation came back. They verified what I said, what my 2 coworkers said, but they only verified three of the 15 instances of bullying and harassment that were brought forward.
0: So nothing changed
2: really. And as an example of the how they, I'm going to use the word cherry picked uh, the information. And uh, e- here's the example: I went to the investigator, uh, this private investigator who was hired to kick off the interview. Uh, within, I'm going to say a week after that. I'm uh, going by my bad memory, but uh, it's all. I've got notes on all this and emails, Roy. It's, mm-hmm. it's all documented. I found out they had a surreptitious device on the vehicle that I predominantly drove, a work vehicle.
0: They were monitoring you.
2: Well, they claim it was uh, just testing devices. Mm. Um, I brought that forward when I found out, and they said, oh, I, they, t- they told me, but you know, do you really think I would have driven that vehicle to no. this? No, no. Right? No. So they came back in the harassment investigation and said, well, I've got access to the accounts of all those devices, so I should have known where it was. Which, you know, the the rationale behind that would mean I need to spend six or seven hours of my day going through our equipment, making sure it's where it's supposed to be.
0: So, and the situation just becomes worse and worse and worse as it goes along. Yeah. Um, what 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 might have been on a scale of one to ten might have been a a four uh, at the beginning. By the time you're years into this, the four becomes an eight or a nine because you're anticipating what's going to happen uh, during the day when you get up in the morning. Let me just ask Bob Ladin, who is uh, Don Goss's lawyer. Bob, is there something you want to add to all of this? Is there is there a, a lawyer's perspective that needs to be heard here?
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because doing a lot of criminal defense work, uh, I go to court and have many times where the sort of work that Don does uh, results in an affidavit, search warrant, tracking warrant, and uh, these things come before the court, but rarely do you, you get to hear what Don talks about, which is a systemic problem with, within the organization. So you've got, basically you got city police, Edmonton City Police out of chain of command, the Police Act, police regulations, discipline. So it's fairly regimented, and it's a tried and true proven process. Then you get guy like Don that's uh, sincere, hard-working, and in a very highly specialized unit that doesn't have the same protection under the Police Act or uh, other legislation, but is, as he said, a civilian. So he's really on the outside, and when the organization gets complaints or there's problems, there is a chain of command, there is a process, there are disciplinary hearings, and uh, it's like that across Canada. It works. You get a civilian, like Don, who is subject to bullying and harassment, where do you go, what do you do? Well, you complain. So you complain within the, the service, and you complain about the lack of supervision and looking the other way and not dealing with it, and uh, the wagon circle, and really they look at it, the Don's on the outside, even though he's an integral, very essential part of what they do and how they do their business in that particular area. So it's extremely frustrating, and uh, what what captured my attention was Don standing up, and uh, right is right and wrong is wrong. So why are you taking your time and effort? And he goes, you know, it's wrong. It's, not, it's, it's just not the way it should be. So a lot of people look and say, you know what, that can be the next guy's problem or someone else's problem, or in Don's case, because he is a tough guy and he's a stand-up guy, he says, you know what? I'm not going to walk away from this because it's wrong. They're not dealing with it because they don't have to deal with it. So, uh, unfortunately, he's got to put his own uh, money and time and effort. And we did do a statement of claim, and we filed a statement of claim in the Court of Queens Bench of Alberta, seeking damages. But the process itself uh, is going to be uh, quite revealing because it's a public document, the process is public, and uh, if you can't, deal with it internally in a proper way, you've got to go public. And uh, you see it with the female RCMP officers who have sued on harassment and uh, sexual harassment and things of that nature. And Don is the first one stepping up and stepping out and saying, you know what, this is wrong. And uh, if they circle the wagons and can't deal with it, well, let's see what the public court will do with it.
0: So the legal action has been filed? It has. Let me take another break, and we'll come back and we'll conclude with Don Goss and Robert Ladden on this story of uh, of of adult bullying, workplace workplace bullying within the Edmonton Police Service of Mr. Goss. and remember that two two men who had uh, preceded him in that particular department in the work that he was doing had left under similar circumstances, had been bullied into into leaving. I'm sure there are many people listening to this program now. Who are either thinking about a workplace bullying situation they're living with on a daily basis now, or something that they had to put up with in the past. We'll come back. It's the Green Show, it's the Chorus Radio Network.
2: Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: Dan McTague was a Liberal MP for 18 years. He'll join us at the top of the next hour, and he's going to share his concerns about the current Prime Minister and the reason that he's no longer, as I understand it, no longer even remotely interested in running for the Liberals, and he may not even be a member of the party any longer, has to do specifically and directly with the Prime Minister of this country. Back to uh, to Don Goss and uh, his lawyer, Robert Ladden, and uh, Mr. Goss's experience with. Edmonton Police Service, and uh, the bullying and the and the emotional harassment that uh, was taking place. We have about four or five minutes left. On let me just ask you to say what needs to be said. If we something we haven't covered, something that you really want to get out, go ahead, please.
2: You know what? We could go on a couple hours here, Roy.
0: I know we could <laughs> easily.
2: And I really appreciate the time. Um, a couple examples and how how the situation devolved and. Uh, Needs to be uh, heard, and and again, I say this with an abundance of respect for the good people who work in a very difficult solution. But they need a section like uh, in an area where I work to be on their game and the best possible service available. So, uh, long story, trying to summarize uh, this individual in in spite of uh, um, the information brought forward and harassment verified. The 13 that weren't verified were uh, not verified because there was no third-party verification. Well, we're an unsupervised area. We spent maybe 10 minutes a morning with a sergeant who was a warrant and privacy writer. Um, there was no supervision uh, in, in, in any case. Uh, uh, it was very, very limited. Um, most other agencies, um, they run... And I know this because of my time where I took my training. I know many members across the country in many different agencies. They run a sergeant just for a tech area, and then they run two or three warrant and privacy writers. Edmonton, in my time there, was doing it with one. So for them to say that this individual, in spite of what I brought forward, was going to return to the workplace and he was going to be supervised, uh, what it culminated in was him returning to work, and within him returning to work, I was uh, asked to go to mediation with him, of which uh, there was no truth in the room when I tried to go through that process with him. It um, was denial and uh, denial after denial. So uh, my my staff sergeant and news, new new uh, sergeant within his two weeks of his return go out of office to teach a I think a ten day course. There's no sergeant around. There's no staff sergeant around. And in the meantime, they said, oh, well, the inspector dropped in a couple of times to see how things are going well, for a two-minute chat and a 10-hour shift. I, I wouldn't say that qualifies as supervision. In the meantime, uh, as well, uh, when he returned to work, he confronted one of my predecessors about the testimony he, uh, he gave during the harassment investigation and uh, caused a female in the wire room to put in a complaint because... Uh, of intimidating behavior he had uh, conducted towards her, so again through, I had outstanding support from my union, good people trying to do the right thing, and I was told it was none of my business
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me let me ask you this and because uh, we are starting to run those short of time. What were the circumstances of your leaving the Edmonton police service
2: well i had uh, I had returned to work through uh, I had two uh, WCB put me off on uh, on stress leave. Um, EPS tried to challenge that, uh, is what the WCB lady told me. Um, I went back to work in a modified position, uh, which resulted in um, my personal items being some defaced, some taken altogether. I got a call from HR saying uh, uh, we're... Uh, we're doing a, uh, a reno in your old work area, we have to move all your stuff. And I said, well, can I please go up and move it? And I was denied that. Um, had to get the union and lawyers involved, they called back, when would you like to come move your stuff? By the time I did get up there, most of it was already packed up. And, again, some defaced, uh, some stuff missing, uh, My complaint email that went to HR saying, you know, what is this? And the response was, we're all responsible for our own stuff in Mm. in the police headquarters, Don.
0: If I'm I'm
2: not allowed in an area, how am I responsible
0: for it? Yeah, yeah. So were you asked to leave or...? or,
2: No, I finally, uh, I went off on a second time because of the behaviors I described uh, wcb agreed that eps was continuing to harass me in their behavior uh that you know th- those are just a few examples um so i finally left because part of the the uh, wc process for me to continue was to go to work retraining and you sit around in a room and you discuss your, st- your skill sets which i wasn't prepared to do mm-hmm. are you recovered yeah you know i'm in a good spot now i'm the uh Direct, director of National Law Enforcement Sales for uh, an Edmonton company. I you know, I keep, uh, keep in touch with uh, all my buddies in the business still. Sadly, uh, in the state of our world, in uh, economy, business is good. But two more examples I need to give that the taxpayers at Edmonton need to know what's going on at their police service, Roy. Um, in the middle of a multi-agency, huge homicide file that like, I've never worked before, um, my coworkers, on three separate occasions, in the middle of very important, very busy time, the, the amount of equipment we brought in, the amount of people that came from out of province, disappeared and played hockey for four hours on three separate occasions.
0: Okay, and Don, I have thirty seconds.
2: So, uh, the superintendent wrote a letter saying, "Yeah, that's that's no problem. They can go play hockey. You should go for a workout too, Don." This embarrassed us nationally. Our uh, our homicide detectives were infuriated. Um, there's way more I could tell, Roy, but I mean, this is just yeah. flat out wrong. And the citizens of Edmonton deserve better. The people who still work at EPS and, okay. and care deserve better.
0: Thank you so much for trusting us uh, to tell your story and share with us what you experienced. And, uh, Don, I, I do appreciate that. Wish you all the very best, and I'm sure it'll help people in the in the workplace across the country. Uh, Bob Ladden. thank you, Bob, as well. Much appreciated. Okay, thank you. Okay, guys, we'll stay in touch with you. Thanks, Ray. All the question. best,
2: Don. Hi, Albert Oil, everyone. Thank you.
0: Bye. Don Goss and Robert Ladin. We'll come back.